We're going to talk tonight a little bit about this idea of defeater beliefs. Defeater beliefs. Now, let me tell you why we're going to talk about this tonight. The reason we're going to talk about this is because one of the things that City Church is about is about being missional and about bringing together, right, the diversity that exists in East Nashville. Uh, One of the the most important things about that is you actually need to talk to people in East Nashville. You need to talk to people who are different than yourselves. Because if you look around, we don't necessarily represent all the diversity that is East Nashville. We're getting there. But the fact is, we have to talk to people who are our neighbors, who are our friends. And as Christians, we want to be able to talk to them in a meaningful way. Um, And one of the things that we need to understand is that in every culture, whether it's East Nashville whether you go, you know, over to Europe, whether you go down to South America, Peru, you know, some of us have been there. Every culture has certain beliefs that make other beliefs not even worth considering. Every culture has certain beliefs that if this is true, this other thing can't possibly be true and isn't even worth thinking about. In other words, if I told you that this morning when I woke up and as I was making breakfast for my kids, I looked out into our backyard and I saw a fire-breathing dragon... Nobody here is going to ask me, really, what color? You're not even going to pursue that topic because you have a defeater belief that fire-breathing dragons don't exist. What we need to understand is that we're, we're talking to people about Christianity, about why we're Christians and maybe even why they might consider Christianity. There are all kinds of defeater beliefs that are sort of under the surface that if you don't understand them and if you don't begin to deal with them as a church, as individuals, it's very difficult for us to be missional. It's very difficult for the church to accomplish its mission of actually bringing people together to Christ, right? In other words, many people in our culture believe that Christians are arrogant, judgmental, anti-homosexual, right-wingers. There's not a lot of people in our culture that want to be that, right? So if I don't want to be an arrogant, you know, on, 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 why in the world would I even think about Christianity? Christianity, if I embrace Christianity, it's going to make me all the things I don't want to be. I'm going to be hard to be around. I'm going to have to just turn off my mind and do whatever pastors tell me or the Bible tells me to do. All these kinds of things are what are called defeater beliefs. And, and that you really need to understand them, not just for talking to your, to your friends and to your family, but for your own spiritual well-being. Because the fact is, so many people, well, the fact is, we all live in the culture. And that's actually a good thing. But one of the things that that means is that there are all kinds of beliefs in the air that we pick up just sort of by being Americans, <laughs> And, 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 and if we don't understand a little bit about what some of those beliefs are and actually examine them, um, they end up being some of the cracks in the foundation that come to light when trials hit. In other words, if you have this defeater belief that a book written by men couldn't be relevant to your life, like the Bible. And a lot of people in our culture, they're not even worth considering the Bible because it's written by men. It's written by people. I don't mean just men as opposed to women. I mean, it's, it's written by people. So how could, it, how could it actually be something that I should listen to, right? 
If you have that and, and you come into faith in Christ because you think, wow, Jesus is beautiful, I want this, and yet that issue has never been dealt with, when trials come and the Bible says something like persevere, well, now if, you're, if, if the question about whether the Bible is really something that I need to submit to is, is a question, well, it makes that trial twice as difficult, right? So it's important not just for talking to our friends and our family, it's important not just for us being missional as a church, really, really taking the gospel, the good news of the gospel, into the world in which God has put us, but it's important actually for your own spiritual well-being. It really is. So we're going to go through some of this, uh, this stuff. Really, tonight is the introduction, and tomorrow morning we're going to have some small group time. We're going to start with small group time, and we're going to we're going to talk about what are some of these defeater beliefs. I came up with a list of about 20, and you probably will come up with others. And these are not just, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to tell you what, what defeater beliefs are. And then tomorrow we're going to talk some in small groups about what they are. Then we're going to have sort of a big sort of pull together session and sort of talk about a bunch of those. And then I'm going to give you short little ways to deal with, with them. But what I want you to understand is you can't deal with these defeaters in a quick, short little way. And so we're going to talk about what are the ways that a church community can, can equip itself and even structure itself in a way that we actually are doing some good in deconstructing some of these defeater beliefs. Because here's the thing. It's fine and wonderful for you to get up and give your testimony. But if everybody sitting there listening to you give your testimony basically has this, this belief, which they probably do, that all truth is relative and that, wow, I'm so glad that she had that wonderful experience. That's really neat. And I'm glad I was here to hear her talk about that. It, it may be neat to hear this testimony, but it's not at all compelling. Why? Because there's this, this belief that everybody needs to find their own truth and needs to find their own path. And it's really neat that this person got up there and gave this. But if that defeater belief has never been challenged, has never been um, thought about, well, you can do all the witnessing you want. You can talk about Jesus all you want, and you're not going to be nearly as effective as you could be. So really what this is about is sort of taking us farther down that path of what does it mean to be missional? How can we equip ourselves as a community to begin to break down the implausibility of Christianity in our culture? And what, what do I mean? Implausibility, that's kind of a fancy word, but it means this. It's the idea that Christianity isn't even worth considering whether it's true or not. That means it's implausible. It can't possibly be true. It's not, it's not even worth considering. For most people in our culture, that's their understanding of Christianity. And the fact is, most non-Christians, most people who are not Christians in our culture, there's actually an interesting new book called Unchristian, put out by the Barna folks. I don't know, have you looked at that one at all, Craig? It's fascinating. Um, Barna, they're these you know, research people that do all these, these studies and research. And, th- and this new book, Unchristian, it's a very fascinating book. I'm going to use some of that in, in this weekend. Um, they talk in there about how most people who are not Christians in our culture have probably been in a church for several months and have at least five Christian friends. So the fact is, it's not that the people who are outside of the Christian world don't have any idea of what Christianity is or don't have any contact with Christians. Matter of fact, most non-Christians actually do have significant contact with Christians. It's just that they talk right past each other most of the time because they never actually deal with these defeater beliefs. 
And so this is important stuff. Um, all right, yeah, I got the little paper here. Um, I, the, the point is, every culture has them. And they're actually different in different cultures. For instance, in, in our culture, the idea that God would judge anybody for the way they live is deeply offensive. But there are lots of places in this world where that is just assumed. Of course God judges people. But what's really offensive is that God is merciful and forgives. Right? Different cultures have different defeaters. Sometimes they actually contradict each other. G.K. Chesterton has a, a wonderful book. He was a Christian writer, lived around the turn of the century. He has a book called Orthodoxy, and has a chapter in there called The Paradoxes of Christianity. And he talks about how before he came to faith in Christ, he was reading all of these different critics of Christianity. And as he was reading them, all of a sudden, like, he says, like a thunderbolt, it just hit me that this critic was saying that Christianity was wrong because of this. This, Christian, this critic was saying it was wrong because of this. And, and I think one of the examples that, that he mentions in particular, um, I think the first time I ever met you, weren't you reading Gibbon, the history of the Rome? Right. And Gibbon, one of the things, correct me if I'm wrong, he says that the problem with, with you know, the reason Rome fell is because they adopted Christianity that made them too passive and wimpy. But then you'll have other people who say the reason, problem with Christianity, it's too imperialistic and it makes people into warmongers. And so he's like, wait a second. We've got different critics criticizing Christianity for really completely different reasons. And all of a sudden he goes, I wonder if perhaps the problem is not with Christianity, but with the critics. And he said, imagine if there was, you know, a, a visitor from, a, from another land who had come to the neighboring village and you kept hearing reports about this guy. And, and some people said, oh, well, he's just incredibly tall, like you wouldn't believe it. And then other people said, no, he's just, he's just way too short. I don't, I don't get it how short this guy is. And he goes, what if, what if the guy is actually the right size, but the outrageously tall people think he's too short and the short people think he's too tall, right? He says, maybe Christianity is sane and all the critics are mad, but for different reasons. Now, this is really interesting because what people need to understand, they, the thing about these defeater beliefs is their common sense beliefs. They're not beliefs that people have generally come to through a long process of rigorous thought. They really are like sound bites that are in our culture. And that's the reason, because they're sound bites, they're common sense beliefs. They're the kinds of things that people don't think they even need to think about. Therefore, you know, you've got to be able to sort of get to them and begin to get people to at least begin to doubt them or think that maybe they're not as commonsensical as they once thought they were. That's the challenge. So every culture has them. Ironically, different cultures have different defeaters that even contradict each other. And like I said, defeater beliefs affect both Christians and non-Christians. They're in the culture, they're in the air. And um, People didn't come to them necessarily just by reasoned thought. Therefore, it's not enough just to tell people why this doesn't make sense. Now, this is really important, and this is going to have implications when we talk about what can we do about this. Because we live in a, in sort, of an, a, a sort of a world where people think that it's the pastor's job to lead people to Christ. It's the pastor's job. My job, maybe bring somebody to church. It's a good thing to bring people to church. 
But you don't bring people to church just so they can hear Craig. You bring them so that they can be around the Christian community. One of the most important things you need to understand about these defeater beliefs is every one of them has both an intellectual side to it, but it also has a personal side. In other words, most people in our culture think that if you believe in absolute truth, you're going to be arrogant and intolerant of other people. And they don't just believe that because theoretically they think that that must be true. They believe that because they've been around arrogant, intolerant Christians who've talked to them about how they believe in absolute truth and everybody else needs to. So for you to just talk about, well, you know, that doesn't necessarily lead to that belief is really not going to get you very far if you're still an arrogant, intolerant person. In other words, every one of these people come to these and, and have these ideas partly because of the, the ideas in our culture, but largely, in a lot of ways, because of the people they've known, the Christians they've known. Remember what I said, that book on Christian, which is a brand new book of research, some of the most extensive research on what non-Christians think about Christians that's been done. And it's just, you know, recently done, the last two years. Most non-Christians, the majority of non-Christians have had significant contact with Christians. So it doesn't do for us to say, well, they just don't know what Christianity is like. Well, they do actually know more than you think. That's actually one of the most difficult things about talking to people about Jesus is that they've had a lot of contact with Christians already. All right. So there's a personal aspect and there's a philosophical aspect. Um, And therefore, you have to deal with both of these. Turn this over. Why should we care? Why should we care about defeater beliefs? First reason, and there's probably more, and, and I'll, I'll give you mine, and then I'll, I'll be curious if you can think of some other, other reasons here, and we'll have some Q&A here at the end, just a minute. Um, the first reason is we need to know what we're really up against when we try to talk to people about Christianity, because we're really up against a lot more than we might think. Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, all of y'all, as far as your church background, if you've come from church or not. But most people that have been brought up in church contexts have a very particular idea of what evangelism is. And, and it tends to be, you know, the big event where somebody gets up and gives a stirring message and then presses people to come forward and make a decision. And what I'm telling you about these defeater beliefs is you can't really deal with them adequately in one meeting. Most people actually convert to Christianity through a series of many decisions over quite a long period of time. And these defeater beliefs are very important in understanding that progression and dealing with them. I love this image. The Puritans used to have this image when they thought about their role in people coming to know Jesus. They thought of themselves as spiritual midwives. That it's not our job to birth the baby. It comes when it comes, right? But that cord might be wrapped around the neck, and there might need to be somebody there to help. The defeater beliefs are like the cord around the neck. Uh, You know, one of the fascinating things is, I think really in our culture, more and more, people have to want Christianity to be true before they're really interested in hearing you tell them about why it's true. In other words, it's very important for us to hold up the beauty of Jesus for people to see it both in our relationships, in our worship, in the preaching, everything. But once they do, 
you're going to find that there are all these sorts of defeater beliefs like, well, I'd really like to, you know, I could see how being a Christian would be really helpful or, you know, I really feel like I need something like that in my life. But, you know, I've got this whole issue of, you know, the Bible. I, you know, I don't know what to do with this. You know, it's full of, it's full of errors and, you know, it was written by men and, you know, all, all these kinds of things. It's much different if you sort of start talking to one of your friends and say, hey, you need to believe the Bible and here's why. Versus they say, you know, I, I, I'm really interested in this stuff, but this is a real problem for me. Now, when you talk about these things, you're on the same side, so to speak. And these defeater beliefs are not things that you can just get at by just arguing with people. I'm going to tell you, when I give you some sort of brief responses to some of these defeater beliefs, the last thing that I want you to do is Xerox it off and give it to your friends, <laughs> right? It kind of defeats the whole purpose. But I want you to be able to be starting to think through, how can I, by the way I live, by the way we live, by the things that I say, by the questions that I pose, how can I begin to get people to begin to question some of their common sense beliefs that they've never really thought through. And that means, in other words, when you think about evangelism, it's much more difficult than you might have thought. It's not something that we can have a weekend training seminar and teach people how to do anymore. Um, I, I would say everything that we do at City Church is helping you understand how to talk to people who are outside of the faith. And of course, the, the, the fascinating thing is people who are inside of the faith often are just as clueless about what Christianity is as those who are outside of the faith. So it actually cuts both ways. Even when we try to explain everything like we do in the worship service, that's not just for people who are outside of the faith. That's for us, because most people I know have no idea why we do a call to worship. They have no idea why we confess our sins. They don't really understand what a benediction is, right? So we want to explain that kind of stuff. All right, so think, when you think of evangelism, you have to think more in terms of persuasion, and improvisation rather than declaring something that you've memorized. It just doesn't really work that way anymore. And, um, and I think that's good, but it's a little frightening because in some ways it's easier to be the answer man and just sort of memorize some, some good stuff or memorize a nice gospel presentation. There's nothing wrong with having a presentation in case somebody asks you, why are you a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? It's nice to, to have something you can say. But most of the time, the conversations you have don't start there. And so do we know how to even begin to, to, to raise questions about the kinds of things people believe, to get them to begin to wonder whether there might be something more to this life than what they have? Um, the, the, other, the other thing besides evangelism is understanding this concept of defeater beliefs, I think, will help you realize that the main thing you need to do is actually love people. Because again, you don't get the opportunity to talk about any of these things unless by your life you begin to, to cause people to question whether their stereotype of Christianity might have been a little hasty. In, in some ways, the first, the first thing you have to get people to say is, I thought all Christians were arrogant. She's a Christian, but she's not arrogant. Right? Look at this little paper I gave you. Now, I won't, I won't go through all this, but I, I, I gave you this little uh, thing on many decisions. And I don't know how many of you read that book, A Severe Mercy. 
good book in some regards. Most people I know love it because they think it's this wonderful picture of the ideal kind of romantic relationship and completely miss the point of the book because the point of the book is that relationship is idolatrous. Um, <laughs> they decided they loved each other so much that they didn't want to have kids and have anybody even get in the way of how much they loved each other, right? But actually, one of the most important parts about the book is seeing how Sheldon von Aachen talks about progressively coming to understand Christianity. There's this, this great, it's about in the middle of this page. Listen to this and think about the people that you know, your neighbors, um, and think about how this might even begin to be lived out in our cultural context. Uh, this is the quote here. It's about halfway down in the italics. Um, he writes this, these were our first friends, close friends. More to the point, perhaps, all five were keen, deeply committed Christians but we liked them so much that we forgave them for it. We began, hardly knowing we were doing it, to revise our opinions, not of Christianity, but of Christians. That's where it had to start. Our fundamental assumption, which we had been pleased to regard as an intelligent insight, had been that all Christians were necessarily stuffy, hidebound, or stupid, people to keep one's distance from, we had kept our distance so successfully, indeed, that we didn't know anything about Christians. Now that assumption soundlessly collapsed. The sheer quality of the Christians we met at Oxford shattered our stereotype. And thenceforward, a reference in a book or conversation to someone's being a Christian called up an entirely new image. Moreover, the astonishing fact sank home our own contemporaries could be at once highly intelligent, civilized, witty, fun to be with, and Christian. He's not converted yet. But he's actually open to, like he's saying, he has a new image in his mind now. Christianity means something a little different. That's the starting, starting point. And so, you know, it's not enough just for Craig or who's ever preaching to get up there and deal with these defeaters and sort of slice them and dice them and show how people, how these don't make any sense and why you're so stupid to believe these things. No, it always starts with us. It always starts with us and the way we live. And as a matter of fact, as we're going to see when we go through some of these defeater beliefs, most of them exist in our culture because Christians are not living the gospel the way they should. So um, that's all I'm going to do. You can read the rest of that little sheet. It's really fascinating to think about sort of the progression that people generally go through in how they think about Christianity in coming to conversion. Um, But let me just say this, if I haven't lost my little paper. Yeah. Um, The last thing is about our own doubts. Defeater beliefs are so important for us to understand for our own doubts. If we just basically come to Christ without dealing with them, thinking through them, examining some of these ideas, they will really produce quite serious cracks in the foundation of our belief. Um, The kinds of cracks that often remain unnoticed until trials come. And, And the last time you want to be wrestling with, am I really sure there's a God? Is when, is when everything else has fallen out of your life. Better to be examining those sorts of things and and sort of these sorts of ideas, well, maybe Christianity isn't the only way, right? These are the times to begin to talk about some of these defeater beliefs. Um, So tomorrow we're going to talk about 
about some of what these are, begin to start to make a list and go through them. I've mentioned a couple of them tonight. Has anybody got thoughts or questions even about this idea, about defeater beliefs? Um, maybe you're hip to this concept a little bit already, and you say, well, I think another good reason this is important is this, or maybe you've got a question about, about something. <laughs> 